and you're very welcome to the Meat Chronicles Sports Podcast Talk a Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch, and as usual, I'm joined by Mr. Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy, very welcome. Thanks, Fergal, and good morning, good afternoon, good evening is, is appropriate, Fergal, because we've got uh, we've learned we've listeners, a few listeners in a, in America and Singapore and so on. And yeah, yeah, just looking at the stats from last week's pod, all right. Um, I suppose the uh, we we come out on a Tuesday, so obviously the bulk of our listeners come on a Tuesday. Um, but it's great to see we have listeners, obviously in Ireland, but we've fifteen or so listeners in the United States, some in Singapore, uh, Saudi Arabia, Dubai, uh, Malaysia, Australia, England, of course. So we've uh, plenty of plenty of listeners all over the place, Belgium there as well, and. Uh, listeners in Mexico and Vietnam as well so it's great to hear that uh, well hello to them all wherever you are yeah, which wherever the sun it, sets whether it's morning afternoon or evening or no matter where you are as well uh, you know we're just looking and it's not just in Mead either so you people listening in Blessington and Cork and Drogheda and Chicago Illinois and Clare Castle and Torless and Ashburn Virginia in the United States and Phoenix Arizona uh, Minola New York London, Mullingar, Roscommon, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, Los Angeles, Richardson in Texas. Yeah, so look at those people tuning in. Um, whether they put us on at night time to help them not off, to <laughs> help them not off asleep or not, I'm not so sure. But uh, I suppose our dulcet tones would have <laughs> could maybe send people off for forty weeks. But hopefully, people are enjoying the podcast. That's the idea of it. Is to uh, you know. Give people just a, a little bit, a, a different approach to the sports news in the county and also our expats overseas that they can stay in touch with everything that's happen, happening locally. Um, and, and there are some great podcasts out there that uh, keep everybody up to date in sports. So we hope everybody's enjoying it and uh, you're very welcome on board. The Good Ship Talk A Good Game. Jimmy, uh, another absolutely mental weekend of putting out put out tweets over the last couple of weeks just before we head off out into the battlefields uh, as to where we're going and it's um it's fairly hectic at this time of the year very hectic yeah well we had this was exceptional weekend I suppose Fergal because we had this, the any North Eastern County School Boys Girls League finals oh, try to say that with, try to <laughs> say that with your teeth out I, can't, I, I would like to translate that into Vietnamese but uh, it's uh, anyway that was uh, they were on on Saturday and uh, you know so there was what a, a lot of finals anyway Fergal and uh, so we tried to cover as many as we could but also the Holland semi-finals were on as well but but just in the schools finals Fergal we we were speaking earlier on but they, they were, we were very we were struck with how well they were organised weren't they yeah you know? brilliantly organised as they said was I think it was ten finals um, in the Meaden District League grounds just outside Navan there on Saturday. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the games clash at the same time, so they had four pitches on the go. Uh, well, three of them most of the time, and then they utilised the fourth pitch as well for one or two games. But uh, we we weren't really able to uh, work on our art of by location and that. But we got to as many finals. We got the five finals <laughs> between the two of us before. Um, I headed in for the mid intermediate hurling semi final in Partolch and, and then you joined us then later in the evening after yeah. doing huge a third game in the soccer yeah, uh, yeah. for the senior hurling semi final. But huge crowds in the Meaden yeah. District League, brilliantly yeah. organised, a nice souvenir programme for the teams, uh, mm. for the, the parents and the players involved. Uh, yeah, what an occasion it is for the grandparents as well. There were, there was a few grandparents there. What an occasion it is for all them, the family members and the players, of course. You know, to get to a final, it's it's perhaps the biggest day in the, in some of their careers. Yeah, some of them will go on to greater things. There's no doubt about that because there was some brilliant young footballers there. And in fairness to the any CSL, they they make a big deal of it as well. You know, to bring all the teams. So before the teams played in each of the finals, they meet up in the in the dressing room in the clubhouse. There, they walk out onto the field at yeah. a Champions League behind the referees. Yeah, there's and a great sense they, of occasion about it. They stand in the middle of the pitch. They shake hands. You know, they walk up and down the line. 
shaking hands with the opposition with the referee uh, and I, I must give credit as well um, to a lot of very young referees that were involved in the officiating at the games I found a lot of the referees were the younger guys and then supported by some other more well known and older more experienced referees running the line yeah, for them I, in I a lot the of games the, the change the, the change around okay well, just a couple of games yeah, I yeah. did it was younger referees and I thought they were outstanding there was a referee I did an under 12 uh, I think it was under 12 under 13 girls final between Parkville and Kells and then I did an under 14 girls final between Toro and Robinstown and the two referees in those games were brilliant I just thought they were really really good uh, the mm. supporters the parents on the sideline absolutely brilliant which has been a, a bone of contention for many years in in all sports um you know abuse coming from sidelines towards referees mm. didn't hear any of that at all in any of the games I was at no, I'm not sure about you no I didn't um, um, and well, they weren't silent sidelines there was plenty of encouragement and it was really great to hear uh, so long may that continue yeah look referees uh, we had a piece in it we discussed by this week's paper we had a piece in it and I had a piece rather and it certainly I was just pointing trying to point out how difficult it's an impossible job to do you know because no matter what way what way you approach it whether you let the play flow whether you're very strict and freeze and so on and any kind of a free at all no matter what way you approach it somebody will see wrong in that and uh, I just wanted to to point out that we should be supporting referees and backing them and because these are these are people who stand you know to step outside the comfort zone the easiest thing in the world is to sit in a stand and watch a match and complain about oh this fella was doing this he should the referee should have done this or he should have done that that's the easiest thing in the world stepping out there in a diff- outside the comfort zone is a different uh, um, game altogether it's a different arena the pressures there's a pressure there for the, and the bigger the games the, the more the pressure and they really do um, you know they, they, they go out they go out on, on, on uh, you know to, to get to take all this flack just and we should support him, but and certainly they do take flack. And we saw it over the weekend in, in GA more than the soccer how you know officials were going out giving referees uh, abuse, really, stepping out onto the pitch once or twice. We saw that, and you know that's that's not acceptable, and we have to give them more respect, yeah, absolutely. Um, and respect as always is a two way street, and um, you see the referees with in. in in a lot of sports have this give respect get respect um under under sleeve of their tops um and there is a huge amount of responsibility on referees as well to be approachable to to uh, feel into a game i noticed with a few referees in recently you know been absolutely zero tolerance to any sort of a lack of discipline we'll call it on the field but with no real feel for the emotion that's in a game you know a fellow might have a have a shot or had a bit of a tussle and he will feel he deserved a free because he's after getting maybe a clip around the ear but the referee might say well look it was only a stray hand there was no foul but the frustration in the player might hop up and go fuck's sake referee I'm after getting then what the you know and Referees kind of have to go understand in their head as well. Okay, that player's obviously frustrated. Go over, have a quiet word with them and say, calm down here, you know. Whereas some referees are quick to get the cards out and say, don't you dare talk to me like that. Yeah, How dare you speak to me? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not but, but, to be spoken to. But I think, Fergal, no matter what way you approach it, yeah, you, you'll yeah. always get a contingent of people uh, who will criticise that referee yeah yeah it's a, um, it's a horrible game and they, uh, I think they can only be admired oh absolutely all referees that's right. yeah, and, yeah. and that's it we all get frustrated with them and we all have our criticism and and we all give out about referees on the sideline but one thing that should never two couple of things that should never uh, wane or take a back seat is uh our admiration for them and mm. our respect for them and they yeah. do deserve that and, uh, 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 shaking hands with a referee after a game is, is should be mandatory yeah and the soccer referee has told me recently how most of the uh, criticism and the flack he's getting these days is from ma- underage ma- managers at underage games you know, yeah. so um, no, no, that's saying that that wasn't the, the case though on, on Saturday. From we we witnessed on Saturday yeah, the no. NECSL finals. There was there was there was as you said total respect for the referees. There was, I think there was nobody said shouted anything in. No, uh, I think we I thought it was excellent. I thought it was excellent. Yeah. And I must point out, um, 
a number of excellent refereeing performances in the in the GA as well over the weekend. You know, all referees that went out to do their jobs and, and were superb. I thought a uh, couple of games that I did, I must give special praise for a young referee. I hadn't seen him much before. Uh, Killian Letty, Killian or Kieran Letty, God, I'm going to get the name wrong now, from Dunmore Ashburn. Thought he was excellent in the intermediate hurling semi-final. Thought he had a real good game. And I must give a special word of praise to Mark Riley from Kilmessen. Um, for, from the Trim Kildalki game there's been a few flashpoints between Trim and Kildalki uh, in very recent history and I thought he controlled the game excellently and let it flow with a certain you know, a certain hold on the reins alright to make sure that nothing got overly out of hand but all that aside when we talk about referees um, you know sometimes referees don't like to admit they're wrong but at, at half time in the Trim Kildalki game Kieran Flynn, the Mead PRO, came up to the press box to say, lads, just to let you know, the referee has a different scoreline. We at the halftime score, I think, is uh, 2-10 or 1-10 to 2-4 uh, mm. is what Tell we at the halftime yeah, score. Yeah, yeah. And Kieran Flynn came up and says, the referee has it as 1-9 to 2-4. Now, there was myself, yourself, Davy Rispin, Liam O'Rourke, uh, there was another girl there uh, from another media outlet. Uh, there was a couple of camera people, and they all were there. And we were, everybody was adamant uh, that it was actually one ten to two four. Um, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. And everybody was adamant that it was one ten to two four. And Kieran went back down. He said it to referee, and the referee said, "Well, you know, these are the notes I have." And so the scoreboard was was changed back to one nine to two four. Trim quickly got a point in the second half, which put it back up to one ten to two four. And uh, we just carried on as if, okay, we'll have to go with the referee's official score. Mm. But uh, next thing, Jerry Jerry O'Brien, who was uh, assisting as a fourth official or, or as a, another official on the sideline, called Mark Riley over to him twice and said, look, Mark, I think you might have the score wrong here. And it was pointed out, and in fairness to Mark, he's, he acknowledged... Um, that everybody else had a different scoreline to himself well, and he changed it and as it turned out that one point proved hugely significant because it was Trim who beat Kildalki in that senior hurling semi-final by 118 to 214 yeah and it was a cracking game oh, Jimmy it was a classic classic Fergal it was one of the best games I've seen in, a, in in the last few years now there have been quite a few in recent last four or five years but that was what right up there we thought Right from start to finish, it, it was a, a game you'd be enthralled by. And not only for neutrals as well, because I spoke to neutrals as well, and they were they were admitted, you know, that they, this was a great game to watch. Yeah, look, at, and it was one of those games that it could have really gone either side. You, you know, Kadoki had a couple of goal chances. Uh, um, you know, trim goalkeeper Charlie Ennis. You know, he he emerged as a hero because he saved a point blank really shot there just before the end of the dying seconds. Well, it was about 58 minutes played and Trim may have come back after that, who knows, but it would have put Kadoki one point ahead, I think, at that stage. Yeah, it and wasn't just it, one save, I think uh, he made four or five. Yeah, but that one particularly, that was, that, was, yeah. that was outstanding because it was like uh, Nicky Potter, you know, a great young player. He. I think there's actually a video of a couple of the saves. If you, people want to go on to uh, Me Daily TV, Stephen Markey does a brilliant service there. Uh, so if you look for Me Daily TV on the socials, you'll find it. And he has highlights of some of Charlie's saves for Trim, Charlie Ennis' saves, were just phenomenal. But Kadoki started really well in that game, Jimmy. We've got two early goals and Trim could easily have, have buckled. Yeah, they could have uh, Fergal. There's no doubt about that because uh, Kadoki played extremely well. Now they had a, they had um, good reason, I suppose, to try and uh, get get back because uh, Trim beat him earlier in the championship. It was a, a real fireworks. There was a lot of fireworks in that game. So Kadoki had reason to to. Um, to sort of get a revenge, shall we say? But uh, so they they played extremely well, and they had a couple of goal chances. As I said, Evan Fitzgerald had a chance earlier in the in the game as well. It was it was really end to end stuff, um, you know. And you'd have to admire the way Trim though stayed at it, stayed at it. They they kept they kept knocking over the points um, at a regular enough rate to just just about stay in front for most of the game. Well, the turning point yeah. really was a, a brilliant burst of speed by. Um, 
by Brian, Brian Dowling. Downing. He had a superb just the, to get away from. I think it was Brendan Keown he got away from and then uh, centred it for for Joey Cole then with a, a simplest of goals and that was that really settled Trey earlier on and that was crucial. That was crucial, yeah. I mean that the pace the, the Turner's pace he, he, that was a very that was the first goal I think for Jim's first yeah. goal, yeah. Yeah, he crossed it over in the square for uh, Joey and uh, you know but uh, it's it, so it was it was I was kind of surprised then to see Brian go off the um, the go off uh, the pitch later on in the game because I thought he was having a very good game but uh, that's you know just just the way the vagaries of the, the game works out and but he you know it was a, that burst of pace kind of it did light the whole thing off it really took off after that but it was just one of the many features in, of, of tremendous stick work there was a uh, you know honest to goodness endeavor mostly you know yeah. I don't think there was a couple of yellow cards all right but there was no question of anybody getting a, a red card for a very nasty foul and it does none of that really no 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 so it, was a, it was a cracking game the whole, the whole culture of the game was was great and um Trim, you know, they're in the final now with Retort. And but yes, so it just brings us on nicely. So it's Retort they'll play in the final, the second semi final played on Sunday. So Retort uh, stunned Kiltail 316 to 311. Mm. Uh, the five points margin of victory for Retort doesn't really do justice to uh, just really how dominant Retort were yeah well a few people have said to me they could see this <laughs> but this is after the match yeah well that's <laughs> easy isn't it yeah they, they said you know that we we, uh, we we thought that Retort had played well in previous games now they hadn't uh, won any of their previous uh, sorry they had they really won three points I think on the, in their group they'd only uh, barely made it out of the group but they they got through anyway to the semi-final without playing particularly well um, and you know yesterday they just found their best form they started to to knock over the points they didn't make the best of starts either against Kiltail but Kiltail were, were in the eyes of most people the strong favourites red hot favourites but uh, Ratoat started to knock over the points and um, you know they had brilliant players Gavin McGowan Paul Johanran you know these kind of players all started to assert themselves and um, they, they showed why there were, there were a team in recent years who've gone very close to winning the Jubilee Cup but um, this year uh, it looks like they might might be on a roll because they seem to be saving their best last and that's uh, something that uh, all teams seek to do yeah they, they kind of uh, stumbled into the knockout stages but they've really really come alive in this knockout stage do you feel as if they're timing their run to perfection uh, is this a plan from Michael Connolly just to get Retoats uh, finely tuned and primed for a final well I don't know if it's his plan or not but uh, I was talking to Michael afterwards you know he, he was he's, uh, he's involved in Fawes there in Dublin and uh, he uh, he, he was talking about playing fast paced hurling and that's what he seeks to do and that's something that um, they certainly did yesterday at times enterprise and fast paced hurling you can, it's very hard to beat that and you know I say well, they, they always have a very good team they, they just haven't been performing up to yesterday and then and I'm sure um, the manager was was frustrated with that as, as their supporters were but um, they managed to, to just as I said just about scrape into the playoffs and then yeah look Fergal they, they seem to be um, he seemed to have them nicely tuned yesterday now they, they, obviously they have a problem in the, in the sense if you look at a problem with the football as nice the problem to have yeah, nice, nice problem to have but uh, uh, he would prefer <laughs> probably if they, if they weren't uh, so far advanced in the football but uh, maybe maybe it helps too and certainly it helps keep players focused and fit and you know but uh, certainly they were impressive yesterday uh, Gavin McGowan he, he had about five or six points Scoring, yeah, six points from play was outstanding. He just, yeah. um, just couldn't contain him. Contain the physicality as well. If I thought were was impressive, and uh, again, Contain, but you know, if if it's a mystery as to what happens, a team you know suddenly coming alive like that, and what happens like a team like Contain where they started so well in the championship, looked like world beaters earlier on, and then yesterday they just didn't perform so I mean it's the cruelty of sport isn't it you know they they look so good and were definitely the team of the championship for five games in the group uh, and and coasted into the semi-final do you think the fact that Retoat had a quarter-final game 
stood to them whereas there was a month between Kiltail's last game which was against Trim which really was a nothing game so it's probably been six weeks since Kiltail had a game yeah. of any real substance I often think that it's much better to, to, to get out of the group maybe in a second third or fourth place you know because you're, you're guaranteed in a quarter final encounter get out of group A anyway in third or fourth you're guaranteed it's bound to help I think then in contrast Trim were the same yeah, 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 but they yeah. had the football too, you know, yeah. to, to keep them. Well, plenty of, of dual players with Kiltail as well. I know they've uh, a couple of lads involved, uh, a few lads involved with Summerhill um, but, um, and, and Manalvi, but mm. injuries might have caught up with Kiltail as well. Losing Marco Sullivan uh, didn't, didn't tug out at all. You know, yeah. the meet, when, the, when your inter county senior hurling captain is missing. Uh, that's a huge loss for them. Early Hughes, who was involved, uh, got injured playing with Summerhill in the football. He was missing as well. Ryan, uh, um, yeah, Ronan Ryan, Ryan hasn't was, been fit all yeah, year, really. He's been, been kind of just been patched up from game to game in the football and hasn't really featured in the hurling at all. Um, and I think Virgil McCabe was also missing through injury for, for Kiltail. Now, they had strong players to come in and replace them, but what that does is that limits your options then off the bench yeah. and Kiltail got off to a flying start but when Rathote got the upper hand and got on top of them I thought Conor McGill did a brilliant job on Jack Regan uh, Jack is you know as we know didn't score from play 2-3 from 2 frees and 365 mm. he was in the second half before yeah. he got his first he, point like yeah, that's amazing yeah. now, now he ended up getting two goals but that took the loss off they the, were two frees uh, yeah, in injury frees, time yeah. two but 20 uh, metre frees in injury time and his three points were 365s yeah um, but so, yeah I just thought I thought Kiltail you know they they looked <laughs> jaded is probably the wrong word but they just looked when when they were hit those sucker punches of goals and two goals in, in a minute and a half and then did another goal I think it was three goals basically in ten minutes to concede when they took those body blows the life just went out of them okay they rallied a bit more to the end with, with Jack Regan powering those brilliant goals from freeze but yeah. uh, 20 metre freeze too late. With, with a crowd they had about Rathoth had still about 8 or 9 players yeah, on the goal yeah, line he, still, needle, he yeah. still managed yeah, to get brilliant. them in he's brilliant at that absolutely yeah. but only for that like it would have been we were looking at a 10 point loss you know and, yeah. which is some come hammering down for, for Kiltail for a team that, that was that unbeaten. is a hammering yeah, for, yeah. when you, when you uh, think of the of the the, the skill that, and strength that Kiltail have yeah. as a hurling team. Well, it just goes to show the strength of Ratoat as well, and they'll be they'll be eager now to uh, make amends uh, or, or make up for the loss of the 2020 hurling final, which of course was played in 2021 yeah. when Trim won that dramatic final. Alan Douglas's never to be forgotten winning point, sensational mm. score that day. Um, but yeah, looking, for, co- looking forward to that one, which we'll, we'll preview in next week's podcast yeah, and of briefly. Co- of course, yesterday, Fergal was a junior final, we, we, and it was a great day for uh, one of the great hurling figures in, in Mead, yeah. Neil, uh, uh, Neil Hackett. Uh, you know, what a, what a day he had, uh, Neil. You know, he was very good. You know, I, I know he only, in, in inverted commas, got three points, but he did a lot more besides those little layoff, layoffs and uh, feed passes. The hack. And feed, feed the uh, hack and he will score. Yeah, that's yeah, well, it. <laughs> yeah, well, he did, he did he score yesterday, of course, but he also did more than that. He was captain as well. So it was just wonderful. And he's just such a nice fella. Yeah, Neil, great to Neil. see him. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the great meat hurlers of down through the yeah, years. Yeah. You know, one yeah, of, an outstanding hurler, Neil Hackett, with, with Dumboyne and, and with Mead down through the years. So talented, so committed to hurling. Just, yeah. he absolutely loves his hurling. And a great, you could see winning a junior hurling championship yesterday. You could see what it meant to him. He was, he was shouting that much down the microphone when he was presented with the trophy. It was hard well, to was, make I out what he was a, saying. It was a very good it speech. It was a great yeah. speech. And he thanked Fergal O'Neill. Mm. He thanked the manager and, you know, and the group of lads what it meant to him was just immense and I was yeah. delighted to see it absolutely uh, now I don't know if, if Neil is going to continue on but I hope he, he oh, should sure he because why not you know because he's he's still well this, he's well, immersed in it he loves it yeah us. and it, you know he's, he's around the 40 mark Neil we'd say but uh, there's other players playing as well at the weekend we are just talking to him earlier on quite a few other ones who are around the, the 40 mark and uh, you know it's, 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 it, it gives great encouragement to young players to see yes. them continuing on to show if, if you look after yourself keep fit have that passion for the game you know you can really enjoy a long and, and uh, illustrious career 
Yeah, so well done to St. Peter's Dunboyne who defeated Kiltail in that Junior Hurling final 120 to Kiltail's 111. Kiltail were favourites going into that game having won all their games in the group and of course mm. having beaten uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne earlier in the championship but inspired by Neil Hackett I think and Peter O'Doherty as well I thought it was excellent. Yeah, another season campaign Another season Stephen Bourne. Yeah, yeah, like you know those those boys they, they all deserve Dunboyne senior championship glory is, has uh evaded Dunboyne down through the years they, they, came, they went close a couple of times when, when Hack and a few of them lads were there but it's yeah. great that they didn't get a bit of silverware one of the young players Darren Ron, Ronan got the goal and yeah. uh, John Mitchell got a good few points Keith Quigley as well you yeah know, so, so fair, fair play to them yeah. uh, the other big games of the weekend the curtain raisers of course to the senior hurling semi-finals were the intermediate hurling semi-finals and Kildalki's weekend of woe um Got off to a got off to a bad start on the Saturday evening, um, when they lost out to Ratmaline in the intermediate hurling semi final by one thirteen to one sixteen, uh, tight game uh, in in Park Tolchin before the the main event between Trim and Kildalki, but uh, Ratmaline I think deserving winners uh, on the occasion. The Ennis the Ennis's brothers uh, Simon and Charlotte outstanding for them uh, through the middle and up front John Farrell continuing to to roll Next back. Day. Years for Ramaline. Yes, he, yes. He, he would have scored goals uh, in in their yeah, well, when they were senior sides. Ninety six. Uh, I think he got a couple of goals in the semi final. Yeah, um, so that's neither today nor yesterday. Yeah, Twenty six yeah, yeah, years so, ago, you know. It's, um, Right. Don't be right. Uh, well, twenty six. Yeah, well, that sounds well, like we heard from a, a, a reliable source. source today, a reliable yeah. source. Martin Holland. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. Martin uh, suggested yeah that he had he had played in that ninety six. Maybe it was the old the two thousand five or two thousand six final. Sorry, two thousand six. Yeah, 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 yeah. When uh, yeah. Ratmaline, of course, won the Jubilee Cup in two thousand and six. But uh, yeah, so. Um, so Ratmaline are true to the intermediate and one step away from a return to senior hurling uh, where they will face Dunderry who defeated Drumree on Sunday in the intermediate hurling semi-final by 3-11 to 1-14 um, bit of a slow burner of a contest this one Jimmy not a whole load of scores from play uh, feature of the game was the free taking of Luke Martin for Dunderry and Sean Doyle for Drumree Luke Martin finished at 1-10 um, I think Sean Doyle finished at 1-7 one 1-8 one uh, one seven, I think. Um, the rest of of Drumree scores coming from play, but Dunderry only managed one point of their fourteen of their eleven points from play. So ten of their points mm. came from freeze. Three goals scramble or three good goals uh, coming from play. All right, but. Uh, they they yeah. not care less. They're in the final. Uh, three eleven to one fourteen, where they'll play Ratmaline. Yeah, well, I, I saw them playing against Drumree in the last group game, and Drumree won that match. Yeah, and um, you know, um, so they obviously learned a so lot this, from this that. This was a sweet revenge. They learned a lot from that. The physicality, I think, was a factor yesterday, uh, Fergal. You know, so uh, you know they're they're a strong, very s- strong team. Yeah, and uh, they've got some good players. Tommy Levy's side. Yeah, some excellent players there, Tunderry. Yeah, and uh, there was some consolation for Kildalki, as we mentioned last week. It's a remarkable achievement for them to have three teams in the semi-finals of mm-hmm. Championship Hurling for a village the size of Kildalki you'd have three teams you know, getting down to the last four <coughs> of senior, intermediate and junior two and there was some joy in the junior two where they edged out Clonagale by 2.14 to 2.13 so there is mm-hmm. uh, an opportunity of silverware there for Kildalki and uh, they'll look forward to that junior two final the other semi-final uh, in the junior two disappointingly Kilskir uh, Moyle uh, conceded a walk over to St. Pat's in a junior two semi-final yeah. which a little bit disappointing but it's going yeah. to be St. Pat's against Kildalki in the junior two semi-final um, that pretty much was the uh, the men's GA fixtures from the weekend there was uh, countless ladies semi-finals on as well and, and Fergal Harney sent in uh, just a detailed report on a lot of those games as well uh, defended champions St. Peter's Dunboyne you know no Vicky no problem they've marched on to another final uh, Emma Duggan I believe unbelievable for St. Peter's Dunboyne in their two in their 2-8 to 6 point win over Oldcastle in the ladies senior semi-final Shelley Melia getting the other goal as well and they will face Dunshockland Royal Gales in the ladies final Dunshockland Royal Gales beat Centralstown 
who were last year's beaten finalists 311 to 18 this will be Dunshock and Royal Gales first appearance in the senior final and uh, ladies all Ireland final player of the match um Neva Sullivan bagged a hat-trick of goals so that promises to be an exciting shootout in the ladies final between Emma Duggan and Neva Sullivan mm-hmm. uh, as we said Jimmy no Vicky Wall no problem for Dunboyne but the opposition teams seem to be getting closer to them all the same oh yeah well you're bound to um, you know suffer or feel, feel the losses as somebody of Nick, Vicky Wall's abilities and qualities uh, as a footballer you know so it was just uh, but they've got so many other talented players in that team as you say Emma, Emma Duggan is obviously um, you know a force there and Orla Bourne so, so many others and you know they, they, I would say they were eager to hold on to the, their title and they went to the Leinster won the Leinster last year as well the, you know so yeah, for the first time um, yeah obviously a talented side um, just in the other ones uh, the other the other championship semi-finals we'll just do a quick rundown through a lot of the results um, in the intermediate the, the final will see Screen taking on Nafina Screen defeated D Rangers 4-9 to 2-13 I think four goals from Elizabeth Moreland uh, mm. for Screen if, if, if it's uh, the same Elizabeth she, Moreland that we know it's yeah. a former young sports person of the year with, yeah, the, with great, the me chronicle great athlete with Tara AC yeah, yeah. Athlete, one, of the, one of Ireland's leading um, multi-event athletes yes. uh, a, a real elite athlete so it's no surprise to see that she's bagging in four goals for Screen in an intermediate semi-final yeah I mean Elizabeth like, she was a brilliant athlete and uh, you know she's got she has hasn't heard too much of her in recent times but I mean that's okay I mean she she may come back to be a, a major athlete again because uh, I'd say Screen will be hoping she's well, not she's well, hanging around with them for a yeah, while yeah but the, certainly a talent the other semi-final uh, saw Nafina defeat St. Colm Kills 2-8 to 8 points goals there from uh, really uh, one of Mead's best camogie players Claire Coffey and uh, their two best two best camogie players uh, Moira Kirby as well also getting the goals for Nafina uh, who also include the Mead's lady senior captain Sean Ennis in the ranks but goals from Claire Coffey and Moira Kirby giving Nafina the win there in the junior football semi-final St. Ultons 2-12 St. Patrick's 1-9 and Manalvi 3-10 Walterstown 1-12 so that will see St. Ultons against Manalvi in the junior in the junior final uh, these finals expected to be played on Sunday the 9th of October but nothing confirmed yet the junior B semi-final saw Trim defeat St. Colin Kills 2-16 to 3-3 and Dale Bay uh, St. Peter's Dunboyne second string uh, in the junior B final they defeated Kilbride 1-14 to 0-9 so that's Trim's first team against Dunboyne's second team uh, the junior C semi-final St. Colin Kills seconds 5-7 trim seconds 3-12 absolute thriller of a game went to extra time uh, and St. Colin Kills prevailed by a point uh, and that's supposed to be an absolute thriller of a game and St. Colin Kills will play O'Mahony's B team in the final they defeated Beliver 6-13 to 2-10 the Junior D semi-finals uh, like there's and it, it goes right down to Junior F and the ladies it gives everybody an opportunity but Junior D semi-finals and Nafina B 4-13 Dunderry 5-3 uh, and we just haven't got a result from the game that was played between Screen B and Bechtoff last night I'm not 100% sure but I think Screen B actually might have won that game I will have to check that one out uh, we'll see what we can find out uh, before we before we leave here the Junior E semi-final Longwood 8-14 Waterstown B 1-2 and uh, there was I didn't see the result there come true for Summerhill B against St. Ultons B but uh, I think I did see it actually somewhere here if you bear with me I think I might have just yeah it was Summerhill B 1-13 and St. Ultons B 4-2 so Summerhill winning that, winning that game there was also a couple of uh, relegation playoffs so Simonstown secured their senior status at a 3-6-1-9 win over Boards Mill who'll drop down to the intermediate uh, Summerhill will remain an intermediate it's Clonagale who'll drop down to the junior Summerhill 4-13 Clonagale 1-3 um, in the junior 
relegation. Dunsany preserved their status. 3-14 to 1-8 win over Delique Bellistown. Uh, Clonard had a walkover over Senchestown B in the Junior B relegation playoff. Drumbarra beat Dunmore Ashburn 5-11 to 1-6 in the Junior C relegation playoff. And Carner Ross had a walkover over Oldcastle in the Junior D relegation playoff. So there was plenty of... Uh, action on the on the GA front um, but before we just move on to anything else Jimmy before we look ahead to what's going to happen next weekend uh, we'll just run down our, our hurling team of the week um, mm. difficult one to, to really nail down and, and mm. you know there was a lot of players were in contention for places in it and you try to avoid looking at the people that came up with the big scores over the weekend, but it's hard to stay away from them because these are the lads that have huge impacts on games. Um, so we had plenty of, of nominees for forward divisions, but we eventually settled on a, a, a hurling team of the week from the five games. So there was 10 teams involved uh, over the weekend. And I don't think there was any debate over our goalkeeper in the team of the week. No, Jared Crowley was good for a thought, but uh, Charlie Ennis was was the man for Trim, absolutely. Yeah, and and jeez, uh, and, and the name is going to escape me now because I think Brendan Lawler could have been was in goals for Drumree. Uh, was mm. excellent in in their intermediate hurling semi final against Dunderry, but yeah, Charlie Ennis was uh, mm. you know absolutely outstanding for Trim and pr- the difference between Trim and Kildaki. The full back line. Uh, we, we have to do a little bit of surgery on our defence so some players are probably uh, picked on the team in a position that they didn't maybe start in but they were equally as effective throughout the field and uh, so full back line of number two Jerry Dwan from Trim uh, had an excellent game uh, against Kildaki in that semi-final Todd Connor McGill uh, is put in at number three in the full back line from Ratote he did a superb job on Jack Regan uh, keeping him scoreless from play which is no easy feat and uh, Brendan McKeown from Kildaki I think his goal line clearance in that game against Trim mm. will uh, will live long yeah. in the memory he had an excellent game as well McCormick is involved in that too somewhere. yeah, yeah. Uh, the half-back line then, Martin Healy from Kildaki, you thought he an outstanding yeah, yeah. game. Uh, one of the players of the week, if we were to pick a player of the week, I thought Simon Ennis for Ratmaline was outstanding in the intermediate hurling semi-final against Kildaki. And Dimmy Higgins for Trim uh, was superb in that senior semi-final as well. Midfield, uh, we'd... Charlotte Ennis from Ratmaline and Podge O'Hanrahan from Ratote. Again, we could have had any amount of players. There were several uh, serious contenders from midfield berths and we actually pushed one or two into um into the forwards just to just to try and get them into the team of the week. But uh Jarlett Ennis was superb and, and Podge O'Hanrahan had a excellent scoring return, even though he missed a few frees, which would kind of be unlike him. Yeah, but he was but he superb was, from open play. He's a very busy player, always. You know, he, he is a top class hurler, really. You know, and he he, he allies that with great energy and yeah, vision. And that- our, our half forward line then we, we kind of moved Joey Cole out into the half forward line he had a very telling impact for Trim with 1-2 I know the goal was set up by Bino Dowling which uh, was really laid on the play for him but he had to be there at the right time and he uh, scored two nice points as well he was very influential uh, Luke Martin was one of those players from midfield that got pushed into the forward scored 110 for Dunderry he was just extremely accurate and, and uh, along with Jamie Levy he was really you know, crucial to Dunderry's win in that one. Um, another player who would push Simon Ennis for player of the week uh, would have to be Gavin McGowan from Retoat. Scored six points from play in that win over Kiltail and each and every one of them better than the one that went before. He was outstanding, Jimmy. Gavin McGowan. Gavin McGowan, absolutely. I mean, Kiltail just really struggled to contain him. And, you know, whether he, he, they played the ball out to the wings, he, 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 he operated on both wings. Now he's a big man, but he's yeah. also extremely quick as well. He's got tremendous pace and and a very uh, very skillful hurler. Yeah, so he he a top powerhouse game yesterday. Probably one of the few players in our full forward line that has a, a tremendous turn of pace. Uh, still, is uh, Kil- or Kildaki's Nicky Potterton. He was hugely yeah. influential and probably unfortunate to end up on a losing team. He was hugely influential for Kildaki. Yeah, he got one seven, but he could have got to three seven, you know. Yeah. But uh, especially yeah. at the end there with that shot that was saved by Ennis. 
and then um, in the full forward, just completing the full forward line then we had uh, Neil Hackett, we couldn't leave him out, hugely mm. influential in the junior final, uh, we had to have representation from the junior final and Neil is the one that, Hack is the one that stands out there for St Peter's Dunboyne and completing the full forward line then is Ratmaline's John Farrell he had a hugely influential game and you know, still a key man for Ratmaline and, and uh, he just caused a lot of damage I thought in that mm. uh, intermediate hurling semi-final against Kildalki so just a quick rundown on the team our team of the week uh, from the Hurling Championship semi-finals and the junior final in goals Charlie Ennis from Trim full-back line Jerry Dwan Trim Connor McGill Ratote and Brendan McKeown Kildalki half-back line Martin Healy Kildalki Simon Ennis Ratmaline and Dimmy Higgins from Trim in midfield, you had Jarlett Ennis from Ratmaline and Paul Johanrahan from Ratot. And the half-forward line of Joey Cole from Trim, Luke Martin from Dunderry, and Gavin McGowan from Ratot. And a full-forward line of Nicky Potter from Kildalki, Neil Hackett from St. Peter's Dunboyne, and John Farrell from Ratmaline. Plenty of debate there, Jimmy. And, you know, as we said, there's another 10 players we could easily put in there. Yeah, well, everybody would have a different 15, as we said that said last week, you know. So but the, that's the ones we believe. Probably, look, we could have picked another two or three teams. Yeah, that's just could, the way it is. Of course. Yeah. Jimmy, um, but the hurling now is going to take a rest for a week or two. It's going to be a, a busy weekend in football. Um, and all eyes will focus on the senior, intermediate, and junior championship semi-finals. We'll just start. We'll we'll run through them pretty quickly. Uh, we'll start with the uh, senior semi-finals. Both on Sunday, first game up at two o'clock in Park Tulchin, Wolf Tones against Summerhill. It promises to be an absolute classic if the uh, if the quarter-final performances are anything to go by. Wolf Tones produced probably one of the finest second half of footballs I've ever seen to uh, come back playing with only 14 men to come back and defeat a, a very strong Gail Collin Kill side whereas Summerhill were mightily impressive in sweeping aside the challenge of screen how do you see that yeah, one going? Well, this, is, this is going against this is two giants of the game of course going to meet up and uh, Wolf Tones you know yeah what a performance that was alright Fergal you know but uh, I, I, we mentioned before Michal McDermott has this talent of getting the best out of players and, and, and making them better and when they don't perform one week he, he, he's able to sort of lift the team it seems and well whoever is involved the management team as well and uh, you know you, you mentioned Porrick Diamond and so on you know players like that that really came to the fore in that match I, I'm going for Wolf Tones in this game for, I think that they're, they're a very difficult team to, uh, to contain and even when they're not playing well they, all, they seem to find a way to win now obviously this is this is going to be huge against own friend and, and these players you know usually yeah. uh, Larkin and uh, these guys you know what a team Summerhill are when they get going but I think Summerhill or, or Wolf Tones have got will edge them would you agree? I I I, uh, <laughs> I I wrote the previews for all these football championships last Wednesday and uh, I honestly can't remember <laughs> which, <laughs> who, you went? who I went for. And and I'd say if I could remember, I think I went for Summerhill. But I'd I say I've no, changed. You did, you did go for Summerhill. I did Hill, go for yeah. Summerhill. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I could change my mind 10 times between last Wednesday and before the game throws in at two o'clock next Sunday. I think Summerhill just have a a very strong bench I find if things aren't going right for them they can introduce a serious wealth of attacking um, talent there that can really swing a game in their favour to counter that I think Wolf Tones have a very settled team uh, a team that are capable of just upping the pressure upping the pace and upping the intensity mm. that can squeeze an opposition out of the game and it's going to be tough uh, Summerhill had it very easy against Green Wolf Tones will be much more battle hardened will be much more tuned in they have that that hunger that uh, appetite to retain the Keegan Cup that they won last year they won't want to let it go it will be very very tough for Summerhill but I'll stick with what I what I mentioned in the paper that I'll probably just side with, with Summerhill but you know, I can change my mind 10 more times before the game throws yeah, in it's at, a difficult at 2 o'clock um, yeah. And equally intri- as intriguing is the other game, which would start at a quarter to four between Ratot and Nafina. Ratot have been everybody's favourite since the start of the championship. You look at their just their individual talent. Um, 
when, when you look at Bobby O'Brien uh, who played in the hurling a few lads played in the hurling last week but from attack, attacking wise when you see uh, Brian McMahon Eamon Wallace I believe Joey Wallace might be injured uh, Bobby O'Brien Keane O'Brien I'm sure Keane has still all got Keane Rogers is, is the name I meant to mention there but you have a very strong midfield in Dahi McGowan Jack Flynn uh, an excellent defence of course county fullback um, in, in Connor McGill there as well they're just very strong but Nafina are are so economical in their play you, they rarely make mistakes in an attacking in an attacking position they don't take the wrong options too often they don't shoot wildly they're patient on the ball they've got an outstanding target man inside a brilliant footballer a great man to win a ball dirty a great man to claim, to claim space in Shane Walsh and then they have players to feed off him like Luke Kelly Oshin McCluskey uh, Connor Downey can get in there for a score as well Dan Queenie very very accurate um, and then you, you have Jamie Queenie who is an old head that really settles down gives them a bit of structure a little bit of shape uh, Ethan Devine an outstanding footballer through the middle and defensively very strong as well Sean Rafferty did a great job the last day uh, Johnny Baldwin Mick Foley Mick Collins and Shane Gardy won the top keepers in the county you can you can go through the whole Nafina team and it's very hard to find a weakness yeah they have got this uh, mixture of youth and experience I guess which is very powerful but uh I don't know. I'm going for a thought. I went for a thought from the very start, and I'm sticking with them because of their attacking verve, the the, the way they can tra- uh, transition. I think that's the word now. That's the yeah, one of the key words, words now. Word, Jimmy, transition yeah. from defence into attack, and the, what an attack it is! What an attack with the Wallaces and so on, Bobby O'Brien and these players around there to finish off. Chances. Keen Rogers has been excellent. Yeah, yeah, you know, you could you could name the full six. Yeah, Gavin McGowan, the full six forwards, forwards would yeah. say, and and so I'm I'm sticking with. So I think they'll, they'll win it. They've got a strength and depth as well. They've got some very good young players that can come off the bench there. That's obviously hugely important. Nafina, I'm not well. You know, there's there's smallish world club. You know, they're not. Uh, they don't have unlimited resources. Certainly not compared to Retort. I think. Well, and their bench was hugely influential in the victory mm-hmm. over Trim with Sean McDonald coming in at half time and right, well, he scored one two and and. Uh, <laughs> They have other players to come off the bench there as well. I know Mark Slevin can be hugely influential for them. Uh, so there, there are no slouches off the bench either. But yeah, yeah promises to be. I, I went with Retoad from the start as well. I'm not going to change my mind on it, even though I, I would not be one bit surprised if Nafina won this game. Would but not be one bit as surprised. As we found out last weekend with, with, with Retoad and Kiltail, we thought Kiltail were red-hot favourites. It turned out to be different. Yeah, so semi-finals so. can be notoriously unpredictable, but we're going for and I'm, the, I'm going for a thought anyway. Still. And the dual player aspect will come into it for a yeah. as well. You know, there's there's miles there now in this season in the legs of Conor McGill, Dahi McGowan, Gavin McGowan, Keane Rogers. Your, that's your question, Fergal. Is that an advantage or is it a disadvantage? Is it does it make them fitter or do, obviously they're prone to more uh, taking knocks? But um, we we'll have to we don't we won't really know. I suppose uh, we'll know next Sunday. Well, how many knocks the, the retort players took last Sunday we'll have a and fair good idea we, next Sunday well, we will next Sunday yeah. uh, intermediate semi-finals Jimmy on Saturday uh, first one at 2.30 so Dunshockland have been the red hot favourites from, from the second who were relegated from the senior last year everybody was tipping them up to be uh, immediately returned to the senior ranks they'll face a tough Nobber side who uh, when, when Nobber lost Jordan Morris the King's Court everybody thought oh, that's going to be absolutely no way Nobber can challenge mm. but in, in players like Sean Mead they've uh, they've unearthed another gem there and uh, look more than capable of causing Dunshockland problems yeah well I was at the uh, quarter final clash with Waterstown a remarkable game Fergal uh, Sean wasn't the best player now that day I think he'd admit that himself but I don't think he, he had a, he was feeling too well in, in the in the lead up a few days before the game you know so um, he just wasn't at his best in that game but uh, and, you know I'm sure he'll be all ready to go but uh, look what, what they were, the 50 points down or something like that against 50, the just the 50 was it <laughs> I think it's great I think it's legend, as, legend right. I think it's 9 but I yeah I think it has rolled on in the last couple of weeks so uh, anyway whatever it was the way it was, inflation uh, is going Jimmy yeah. Yeah, I think 9 would probably was, correlate to about 50 well, was, at this well, stage yeah, yeah well it was about 10 uh, at Fergal at one stage or not 11 10, I think it was 9 and a half time and then increased yeah, to 10, 10 or 11 and, um, in the second, you know, half. Uh, second half and it looked all over but they came back um, Jamie Owen 
Owens got got two late goals, you know, and so look, there are play there are a couple of season campaigners there. They've been around a while, but I don't see them, with, you know, sticking with Dunshaw. I don't really yeah. see it for I just yeah, don't me see too. it. I just think Dunshaw have so many class acts in there in, in their attack line. And you look at Rory Kinsella, Matt Costello, Luke Mitchell. They're just very very strong uh, in the attack and young players. Connor Gray in, in midfield is really going to develop into it and a standing midfielder hopefully for county as well um, and, and they're strong in defence yeah look it's hard to see Dunshockland slipping up again they were pushed to their limits against Rackenny in the quarter final needed a late goal from Connor Jennings uh, just to get them over the line in that quarter final but yeah I'd agree with you Dunshockland in that one Jimmy at 4.30 it's Dunderry against Dulik Bellystown again Dual players could come in to uh, could have a big influence in this one. Uh, I don't think there's a huge amount of dual players or crossover with Dunderry, but there's certainly a few few key men there. All right. Yeah, well, which is this is an intriguing one now, Fergal, because uh, you know Dunderry could he could go, I think it could go easy either way. Have you you seen um, both of these teams? Uh, Would you believe I haven't seen either of them yeah, this year yeah. yet? Um, I haven't seen Dunderry. Yeah. Dunderry. Sean, Sean covered uh, the game uh, early on the campaign against Rakeni and uh, or against uh, was it against Rakeni I can't remember but Sean covered the game anyway early on and, and yeah, Michael but- covered they were fortunate enough uh, to overcome Oldcastle in the quarter final a late penalty uh, but just shows that the balls they have and the nerve that they can stick with it even when things are going against them they're a, they're a tough talented team that uh, will definitely be there thereabouts and, and speaking of balls and holding their nerve Dilip Bellistown certainly did it against St. Pat's in their quarter final mm. to win in a penalty shootout actually uh, actually, I did see Dunderry they were played up in Rat- Malign of all places yes against Longwood against Longwood yes it was and uh, yes and uh, you know that was a game they needed to win Dunderry yeah. they lost their first round game against Nobber uh, rather surprisingly but ever since then they've had to be playing knockout football so you know yeah. the pressure's been on them and they've answered that pressure well they were very impressive that evening yeah uh, I, it was uh, apart from the fact it was a way I think somebody told me it was the first intermediate football championship game played in Ratmaline ever yeah now that's yeah. from a reliable source but uh, anyway they, they won that game because you know Long, you know what Longwood are like when they when they get get a bit between their teeth when they really get determined and, and fired up they, they can be uh, a force and, and but Dunderry were able for them that day um, you know and sort of uh, you know, I, I, st- I can go for Dunderry in this game very good I'm going to go for Dunderry yeah again I can't remember <laughs> who I tipped but I have a funny feeling I might have tipped Elite Bellystown uh, in in my preview in this week's paper for it uh, just players like Shane Crosby uh, just really uh, stands out as, as somebody who's a class above he looks like a really good footballer Tom Bowden has been excellent for Delete Bellystown as well I think they'll come on in huge leaps and bounds from that uh, penalty shootout win over St. Pat's uh, it's going to be another good game as well and one certainly not to be missed yeah well um, don't have great players Stephen Coogan and players like that you know and um, um, you know, and so that's it's going to be yeah, uh, yeah. It was promised um, to be good. Morgan Callan, the key man for Dunderry as well. Stephen Coogan, Paddy Kennelly, Kennelly and a lot will depend you know. if he's injured mm-hmm. or, or how how his fitness is. But yeah, it promises to be a good one. Uh, the junior semi-finals, Jimmy gets gets underway. Um, well, I, I suppose there's a relegation final on Friday night, St. Dalton's against Minolte, but the junior semi-finals on Saturday uh, at 4.30, we will see Ballinlock take on Dunsany in Bohemian. Um Ballinlock top, topped their group, probably surprisingly enough topped their group, but uh, Dunsany have had to come through a quarter-final. Uh, the perennial contenders... Quick, yes. quick, quick call on this one, Jimmy. Well, I, I we are getting close to an hour at this stage. Uh, don't say any. Yeah, it was supposed to be half an hour for our <laughs> yeah. uh, Look, I, I've seen, I saw Don't say any in the last game, and, and, you know, and uh, I, I think I'll go for them. The, 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 there's a force about them this year. There's a, there's a, you know, I know they've been there or thereabouts in recent times, and we thought this year with the clubs coming down like um, uh, Sydney and Castletown and so on and Ballinlaw that they would be edged out maybe they will be yet but I'm going for Dunsany I think they, they might just see you know there's a determination about them this year about your superior knowledge on that one Jimmy and and of course the three other teams that you mentioned that came down there at Bannon Lock are Dunsany's opposition and in the other semi-final final, 
it's Castle Down against Sydney. Yeah, you wouldn't have got any m- much prizes for guessing that they would be in the semi-final. And that's the, in, on Sunday at 12 o'clock in Drum Conrad. Jimmy it this, is This going is what to, we used to call a six-pointer, Fergus. Yeah, 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 six-pointer. This well, one could be played in, uh, in, in a telephone box and there might be uh, more room in a telephone box than there might be in Drum Conrad for this is going to be tight tense yeah. tough it's going to be a good game yes I think cracking so. yeah, footballers yeah. when you think of, of the rows with Sid and Kevin Ross at Castletown yeah. there's no shortage of scoring uh, outlets on either team there um, I think if who are you I, going for Ferdinand? I think I would have to side with Castletown and they've just been a little bit smoother in their run to, to the semi-final and I, I I fancy them maybe from the off to win the junior so well I'm going a, for Sitton I, I thought they might win it from the start because they had a great league campaign didn't they you know they did, so, yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just think that you know they, they have the the nose and the, the craft to do, to get there the nose okay very good the junior B is also down to semi-final stages uh Courtown beat St. Bridget's in the last round of the group stages to uh, set up a semi-final clash with St. Bridget's. So Courtown snuck into fourth place. St. Bridget's were already top of the group. So they'll meet again uh, on Sunday at 12 o'clock in Kilmainham. So that promises to be a tight game. Courtown were very impressive the last time, but St. Bridget's hadn't had a game in, in a, a long time. Uh, six or eight weeks maybe so that game will stand to St. Bridget's and I would imagine that uh, well they were they were fancied as the form team to win the Junior B so we would imagine they'd be strong enough the other game uh, is a a right cracker between Slane and Drum Conrad. there's plenty of history uh, between the two clubs going down we won't even go there uh, on the history of it but uh, Castletown is the place to be on Saturday evening at 5 o'clock Slane against Drum Conrad. I saw Drum Conrad in the opening round against um, Courtown and Shane Crosby excellent for John Conrad in that game, mm. and uh, they a little dip in for little dip in form since then, but you know they secured their passage through to the semi-finals early on in the campaign, so they've just been keeping themselves ticking over, and I think they might just be too strong for Slane. Yeah, Slane are a rising one. force, though. I go for Slane in that one, Ferguson. Nice, good man, Jimmy. Yeah. A rising force. That uh, there, as we said, there's plenty of relegation issues as well um, throughout the the various championships, um, senior, intermediate, and junior. Uh, so it's plenty for for clubs still to play for at the weekend. Jimmy, it's um, it's not just as we like to mention. We're not just a, a GA newspaper or a GA mm. podcast. You have a a super interview without giving too many the the interview. Away. You have a super interview with a Summerhill trainer. Lorna Fowler uh, yes. ahead of her she's having an open day at her, her training facility next week not this weekend coming the following weekend I believe yeah. uh, and it, it, it a real opportunity for people to go out and see the workings of a small trainer what their yard looks like and see how they get on but you had a fascinating interview with Lorna Fowler in, the, in this week's paper yeah thanks well Fergal look at it was, it was I spoke to Lorna alright you know and she is uh, she is a, a small trainer in, in terms of compared to the the Noel Meads and the, the, the Gordon Elliots and all the rest of it but she's certainly uh, passionate about her horses and she knows about her horses she's originally from Scotland uh, and she, but she's married to the Fowler family of course that are um, she's not married to the family she married to Harry Harry (laughs) Harry into the into the Fowler family family, Uh, Harry Fowler is her husband and you know that's of course a famous name around here yes so she's she's very very interesting story to tell so you know but she's passionate about our our, our horses and you can even talk to her for 20 minutes you can sense that so you know she's uh, we wish her well because she reached out to Chronicle anyway so she wants to to people to to come out and see what facilities there are an offer out there yeah a great initiative by the horse race in Ireland to encourage trainers to open up the yards. If anybody goes on to the horse race in Ireland and just Google open training, and you you can Apply, sign up yeah. to to go and visit these yards. Gordon Elliott had his last week. I think there was five or six hundred people out at it. Oh well, uh, it's yeah. supposed to be a phenomenal day at it, uh, and the trainers love to see the people come to show them their horses. Uh, I know. Tiger Roll and them were the were the star attractions in Gardens as well as that feature. Jimmy, we as we said, we covered five of the of the NECSL finals. Six, we I also think have six, five, and, and we also have reports from three or four of the other ones as well. I think the only report. Uh, that we didn't get in was from RFA v Enfield Celtic 
uh, we didn't get anything from either club on that one so there's a plenty of coverage five pages on the soccer finals we've got eight or eight or ten pages on GAA we've got the two pages interview with Lorna Fowler um, plenty of, of athletics results as well Ratot doing well in, in European Olympics um, uh, Michael Cornyn doing well at Masters Athletics uh, European Masters Athletics and yeah. Uh, yeah, Evan Ferguson scored for Ireland uh, at under 21 uh, yeah, Evan Ferguson was super header as Ireland got a one all draw playing Israel tomorrow now in the second leg of that under 20 and Dawson Devoy came on mm. from Ashburn came on as well we also have uh, Ashburn uh, beaten in the Leinster League narrowly lost by a point to C point we have a report on that game we also have an interview with uh, Navin head coach Ray Maloney ahead of the start of the All-Ireland League in rugby uh, Navin play Cashel next weekend uh, so you have an interview with Ray Maloney there Ray, as well yeah, so yeah. Once again, as usual, it's a jam-packed Me Chronicle. And uh, we ask people, you know, hope you really enjoy, especially our listeners all over the world, we hope you really enjoy the podcast. Uh, but we do ask and encourage people to go out and buy a local paper. There's stuff in that that, uh, that you won't get on podcasts, you won't get on Facebook, you won't get on Twitter. It's uh, it's stuff that, that is well worth reading. It's for a little, it's a little less than even the price of a coffee. Um, so we encourage people to go out buy your local newspaper and uh, just see what's happening in the world of mead sport as I said it's not just GAA that we cover in the paper so uh, Jimmy we went over the hour mark we promised it to be a half an hour so uh, if people are still awake and listening to us we hope you enjoyed this latest edition of the Mead Chronicles sports podcast talk a good game